0: Happy Friday! I hope that you had the most amazing week. And if you did not, then you can join me and we will talk about that as we get into this episode. With that being said, thank you. Welcome. for Thank you for joining us. Uh, if this is your first time joining us. Please understand that I personally just don't believe that things just simply happen by chance. There is a reason that you are here in this particular episode And I hope that whatever episode that you are listening to, that it brings you some sort of joy, it allows you to think, and that it just helps you in some type of way. In this particular um, podcast, because there's so many podcasts you could have chosen, but we're grateful you chose this one, is the fact that we talk about mental health, we talk about self-care, we talk about ways in which we can live our best selves and live our best lives. And so that is the goal and the purpose to encourage, to uplift, to inform, and to gift the joy of knowing that regardless of what shape your shape may be in, there's literally all kinds of hope right in front of you. And sometimes we just have to be reminded, uh, life is not always as easy as we would like it to be. And there are plenty of times when we could live life and- Things will just align and we feel like, you know, everything is in its proper place. But then there are those times when life does not give you that grace. You know, the times when you have to reevaluate, is this for me? Do I really want to continue with this? Life is going to dish you out some challenges and we just want to, I just want to support you in those challenges because I don't want you to just to give up on something simply because it didn't come in the package that you wanted it to come in life is a challenge and you have to be able to take that challenge and do what's best for you. And sometimes that may mean separating yourself from your friends and your family. And that is sometimes hurtful. If you've ever had to do something that was a challenge to you, if you've ever had to just figure something out, you know, for a full fledged fact, how irritating that could be. So we are going to just get right into today's episode. Now, keep in mind this week, as all weeks, has been a challenge. Uh, for the last few weeks, I have been noticing that, again, we talked about this, I believe, last episode about, and maybe I didn't really get into it. I think I only did like a little snippet of it, but in last episode, and I hope that you go back and listen to it, we had talked about UNCF, and today is the day, if you haven't gotten your tickets to see Drumline, make sure you go see Drumline at the Chemo Cultural Campus. It is available two nights. It is going to be an amazing show. You do not want to miss it. Make sure you go ahead and listen to that last week's episode and get your tickets because you're going to be blown away. But these last few weeks have been trying. And what do I mean by that? Well, I mean, just as I, as it says, it has been, as I say, it's been a challenging few weeks. So one thing that I have noticed in my mental health and wellness is that, again, doing what's best for you is always king. And I feel like sometimes we have things that we want to try or things that we hear about that we're not willing to always take up on. And I say that because, you know, For me, when I first went into therapy or at some point when I had to be medicated, you know, through my therapy and and wellness journey, you know, again, when you have people in your ear, that's like, you know, you shouldn't tell someone about your business. You shouldn't be on medication. They're just drugging anybody and everybody. You don't need that. Or, you know, you shouldn't try acupuncture because, you know, you don't know what they're putting on you. Listen, there's always an objection to every situation, no matter good or bad. And I found that in my own personal journey is that taking a step to try something that I may not have tried before has been life-changing. Now, if you do hear my voice throughout this entire podcast episode, and it sounds like it's going in or out, you are not hearing incorrectly. My voice is being tried right now. My allergies are flaring up and it is being a mess. So just work with me. Um, But back to trying something New or out the box or different or something that you've never done One of the things that will hold you back is not being willing to willing to take a chance Now i'm not telling you to go against something that feels in your spirit that you know doesn't feel right So we're not talking about that If something in your spirit is telling you that something doesn't feel right or a person is not the right You know fit or maybe you want to try something different, but maybe you should try it with someone else Please listen to yourself. You are your biggest advocate your body um, it's always trying to warn you about different things. It's just that sometimes we take heed to it and sometimes we don't, but please take a chance and listen to yourself. However, like, let's say for instance, you decide that you want to go into therapy, but the person that you're doing therapy with, which is your therapist may make you feel uncomfortable. I would never suggest to you that you stay with that therapist and you just push through and you muddle through. And can we just talk about therapy for just a few seconds? Because I've talked about this before, because I feel like when you know you should go into therapy, but you're not sure of the concept, you're not sure of how this works, you may be very discouraged. So if you go and you decide, okay, listen, I need to see a therapist, right? I need to be able to talk to someone. When I first started therapy, if my oldest is about to be 14, that that means almost 12 years ago when I started therapy. And 12 years ago, when I started, you would go in, you would make an appointment or you would call to make an appointment. They would go through a lot of triage questions with you asking, basically to make sure you're not like suicidal if they need to bring your appointment up. And you have to see if one, they're even willing to take new patients. Do they accept your insurance? If you have it, if they don't, do they have a sliding scale or fee? Um, So you go through that process. Sometimes you don't get an appointment right away. So it may come down to you, one, having to do things like wait or call back. And that can be discouraging if you've never had that. Now, there are other, are, are other options when it comes to therapy. One that I'm taking now, which I had never done before, which is with BetterHelp. Um, I actually enjoy it because I got matched with a therapist within a few hours I would say, if not a few minutes, and I was able to pick one, decide if I wanted to do it on phone, fo- on the phone, um, in person, or in a video. And that was helpful for me because I was able to decide what I what would work for me, and I was also able to decide, like, you know, do I want a male or female? Do I want someone that's uh, faith based? Do I want somebody that has all these different characteristics? And I was able to get that situated, but again, the process is not going to be always seamless. And so if you find that you're finding a pushback, what I want you to do is to learn to one, call more of their other people. There are other uh, agencies out there that will help you. There are other places that you can get your therapy from. Do not close out the opportunities just because the frustration of setting up the appointment will become or can become quite daunting. And I feel that people don't talk about that part of it because again, you know, you're just used to, you know, calling, getting an appointment right away. But one thing that I will say when I called my family doctor after my therapy session for this week, my therapist, uh, my doctor was just like, it was a different situation, something I had not experienced. And I hope that every doctor does this, but you know, I don't know. So when I called just to say, Hey, I wanted to do a checkup regarding my depression and some mental health needs, you know they didn't really go into like why I was coming in or anything like that. They just said, you know, the intake or the the secretary, whomever was answering the line. She just was like, you know, this is the available appointments. If you are feeling like you cannot, uh, wait and you need to be seen and our office is open, please do not hesitate to give us a call. We might have some same day emergency appointments that we could fit you in. You matter and we want to make sure that you are taken care of. Can your appointment wait this long? What can we do? Should, you know? Let's try to figure out a way to accommodate you And then again, just kept saying things like you matter and we want to see you here and you have value here and we want to make sure that you're okay. Now, I wasn't in a state of mind where I felt like one, I was going to do harm to myself at all. And I wasn't in the state where I felt like, okay, you know, move my appointment up. I don't know if I'm going to make it through. Thankfully, that was not my state at that particular time on the phone call, but I was so grateful that they asked those questions and they said those phrases like you matter. You know, we want you here. We will do everything that we can to support you. We want to make sure you have all that you need. What tools can we provide you in the meantime until we can accommodate your appointment? Um, call back if we're you know, if you so we can see you if you need to be seen. You know, this today may be um bad may be bad and tomorrow may be worse. Give us a call. We are here to support you. I honestly I don't I mean Again, I didn't feel like I was in this, the spirit of lack of need of support, but that support was top tier to me because again, I don't know if this, if every doctor does that, especially when you're calling about a mental health or wellness issue, maybe that's their new protocol. I do not know, but I'm going to tell you one thing that was more supportive in just that conversation than when I began my therapy sessions almost 12 years, yeah, 12 years ago. Nobody on the phone said things like, you know, you matter and we want you here. And how can we facilitate that never even happened? And that came and and that call that I made was to an actual therapist's office versus me calling my family doctor and getting that level of support. Now I do go to um, a homeopathic more medicine doctor where they don't just give you medicines and shovel stuff in you. They do the whole full body, mind and body and soul. But uh, still, I've still never heard that type of, you know, conversation. And I do preface that I have never gone to them specifically for um, mental wellness, but I pray to everything I can that I pray that if you're having that type of issue and you're calling your doctor or you're calling your, your psychiatrist, or you're calling your therapist or whomever you're reaching out to that, they start conversations or they end conversations with support. Sometimes people just need to hear that they're not alone on an island going through and suffering in some type of an imaginable way and knowing that they feel supported, knowing that they have somebody that five seconds has their back that cares. Just saying those words can be the most empowering thing to somebody who is going through. So if you are a friend of someone and they five seconds reach out to you because they're in a mental distress, if you ever want to figure out how do you start You start with, how can I support you? I love you. I want you here. I want to support you in any type of way. That's kind of top tier. You will change the, the, the thought process of your friend. They become and let their guard down for just a few moments. Um, I find that sometimes when you call your friends and you say, hey, I'm dealing with A, B, and C, or I'm struggling, they want to go into their story, right? They want to tell you about how they did certain things. And there's nothing wrong to it to a certain extent. But do not make the situation about you. Do not make the situation about you. I promise you, your friend wants their support. They need to feel uplifted. They want to feel loved and heard and seen. And sometimes that don't need to be about you. So don't make it about yourself. Make sure that you support your friend, support your family member. Do this as often as you can. And again, some people are not equipped. If you're not equipped to handle situations like that, I would prefer for you to be honest with your friend and say, listen, I love you. I support you. I just don't have much uh, you know, experience. I don't know what to say in the situation, but I, I, I want to be here as much as you allow me. Uh, certain things like that, because I feel like, Sometimes we have to be honest with ourselves about what we can do when it comes to our friends. You know, can we be as, you know, as supportive as we think that we are? And sometimes I feel like we aren't as supportive as we think that we are. We have to take a step back and be honest about that. But when we're talking about doing what is best for you, which is going to be the reoccurring theme of today's podcast, as we bring in Miss Danielle, who she's going to talk about shadow work you know, everybody gets in their feelings about shadow work and about what they think it is. And, you know, growing up in the church, I've always understood shadow work and things like that to be something that was, you know, demonic or, um, something that didn't have its place in my life. Like don't get caught up in that. You're going to get caught up in all different things. But since I've gone to therapy and I've understood shadow work and in therapy are two different things, let's be honest. They work sort of the same way, but they are two different things. And in the same concept of shadow work, you're having to be willing to, to be open to trying something different, to learning yourself in a different way. And to also be willing to take that chance of bringing up some things that again, you may have left dormant in your life. If you've dealt with childhood, you know, abuse, or you've left with abandonment or whatever issues you may be dealing with, they come up in different forms of our life. And so, you know, with shadow work or therapy, you have to be willing to do the work and the work isn't always jolly go lucky. I've said this in plenty of episodes and I will continuously say this. When you start your therapy session or your shadow work, there are going to be days at when you're done with it, where you're light, you know, you feel good. You finally said your piece. You feel like listen, I'm getting someplace, you know, I feel good about myself in this session and my therapist and I feel great. But then there are those times that you might see, like when I first started, there were days where I would just sit in my car. I, I would drive from the therapist. I would go home and I would just sit in my car and just try to process my thoughts or the times in which I got home and I was so emotionally drained from crying or being upset that I would have to go straight to bed. I'm talking about like a get home at six and ready to crash out by 6.05 or I would leave my therapy session and I would be extremely full of anger or rage about the things that I've expressed and realizing that how I suppressed the feelings that I was feeling. And now these things have come up and I feel either dirty or ashamed or frustrated or whatever level of feelings because nobody talks to you about that. Nobody talks about that part of therapy because if you've never gone all thing you can rely on is what you've seen on TV. You see people laying on a couch, you see them telling their story, you see them, you know, going home and everything is fine, and that's not the reality. And I and I'm going to be honest with you, that is not the reality and I would hate for you to feel like that was the reality and then you get into therapy and see the work that goes into it. You see the challenges that come with it when their your therapist challenges you to do homework outside of therapy to be ready for the next session or to talk about and write things down. And in your writing your things down, you break in a pencil because as you're writing, the anger that is coming from your soul is coming out on paper. This is real reality of how sometimes therapy can be. And everybody wants to make it cute because now it's socially acceptable to be in a group of friends and say, I'm struggling, or it's socially acceptable now to say, I'm dealing with a, B or C. Uh, Just this week, we had one of, I believe, a senator that, and let me just verify who this was for one second. So yes, I was 1000% correct. So John Fetterman, um, who is a Pennsylvania Senator-elect, he has been dealing with his own personal mental health. And first of all, he was dealing with some physical health. And I believe in my spirit that it turned from physical into some sort of mental health. But at the end of the day, right, at the end of the day, he decided to make an announcement that he decided to check into a mental facility. Now, I don't know if he's currently there or if he was there at one point, but the comment section, of course, never, and I mean legit, never passes the VIA check. Never does. Just never does. And what do I mean by that? So in the comment section, you know, of certain news reporters that were news agencies and media that were reporting it, there were so many people that was just like, you know, I applaud him. That fact that he was being honest. He didn't try to hide that he was had either. He was already in, or he went into a mental facility for some help with his depression. He didn't hide that, especially in the public eye. He could have easily have hid that amongst himself or his staff and just made a blanket statement that he might've just been getting, you know, some type of, Um, you know, he had been seen by his doctor and all kinds of different things, but he didn't, he was very open about it. He was very clear about it. He did not go one way or the other. And so it was very, it was for me, very refreshing because so many people deal with mental health, whether you're in the white house down to the poor house. And we act as if, you know, when somebody does go through these things, that there's some type of unicorn and they're not very few uh, people can walk on this earth and say they've never had a mental health issue. I believe in my whole heart. I honestly believe that there are some parts of us that are, um, that suffered, uh, greater hits when it comes to our mental health than others. And to me, that's just the honest truth. And so if we can be having more honest conversations, like we had been in these last few years, we are going to be better for it. But I say all that to say is that sometimes because now it's mentally acceptable, we'll say things just outwardly to other people, but I'm going to just say this. I'm grateful that you can speak openly about it because when I started this journey again, almost 12 years ago, it was very taboo. I've talked about in this episode and not in this episode, but episodes in the past about my own journey and how, like even with my husband, like how he, I felt betrayed by him by him telling his friends certain things about my journey when I would have to be on medication and things of that sort. And for me, it mentally has caused a rift between me and them because I really don't feel the need to be as open or close with them or even want to gain or have a relationship with lots of them. Um, but it is what it is, and. It was taboo, so people were saying little things like, "'Oh, you know, she's crazy, she's this, she's that, or you may hear that in your own personal story, your own personal lives, where people will categorize you, think that they know you because you've expressed your mental health um also be very clear that once you put out that you are dealing with whatever mental health, people will look at you differently. And as much as they should not, as much as they should just accept the fact that you're willing, like John Fetterman, to be honest about that, just like John Fetterman, the comments don't stop. People don't have their thought process about what he should be or if he shouldn't be in office because he's having this issue. Um, it doesn't stop. And I understand that some people can be de- debilitating depending on who it is, if the person that you know basically betrays you. But I promise you that there'll be a better day coming. And I, and I know it sounds cliche, but I, it's the truth. So I don't want you to give up on yourself or give up on your mental health or give up on any of that just because of the stress of having to then put out that you're struggling with, you know, your health. Be also be very careful of whom you discuss things with, who you put things out with, because again, you, your goal is to also protect yourself and also be willing to, um, be in a situation where you're protected. Just be careful. And so I was talking about shadow work and we have happened to just have one of the best in the business. And we have Danielle Massey and You know, she has amazing bio. First of all, I'm going to go ahead and read it, but I'm also going to just talk about our relationship. Danielle Massey is a licensed psychotherapist, the number one bestselling author, CEO of the Wellness Collective here in Philadelphia, and the leading expert on shadow work. She is the founder of the Selfish Philly Conference. And if you've been following me, even on the blog, you know that I attend that conference. This will be my third year. And she is an international keynote speaker, captivating audiences on the topic of holistic health. Danielle has been toted as the Just Generation's voice on shadow work and the most trusted source on the topic. Danielle has written for and been featured on the New York Magazine, The Cut, Shape Magazine, The Huffington Post, and BuzzFeed, and a frequent guest on major news outlets. Now, that is her bio. She is an amazing woman. How I got to meet her was the fact that, again, I attended her conference called Selfish Philadelphia or Selfish Philly. And if you're like, what is that? It's exactly what it sounds like. Taking the time to realize that one, it was time for you to be selfish and take care of yourself and and fuel and fill your cup, but not to be ashamed to take those selfish moments in life because we're always, especially as women, caregivers to other people um, Danielle has a beautiful story of how she, you know, dealt with her, her cancer. Here she is a young woman discovering that she has a belief ovarian cancer and she's going through the treatment and all these different things. And she still had to prioritize herself and do her work. You know, the self, the self work that we all in this life are commissioned in are in a way to do. And so as I met Danielle at the Selfish Philly conference, the first year that I attended, I'm not going to be lie. I was kind of very apprehensive, um, not for just what the conference stood for, but what to expect. Um, you don't know what to expect when you go into a room and I'm going to be honest with you. I go into a lot of rooms with the work that I do with the blog and just with mental wellness and self-care. Um, that is like my platform that means a lot to me, not just because it's a, a platform because it's, it's popular. You know, sometimes people go into different aspects because it's a popular place to be and I don't go into it because of popularity. I go into it because this is my life's work. Right. And so now I got invited to Selfish Philly. I'm in this environment. I didn't have any, at the time I didn't know who was to be at this conference and the speakers change all the time. There are always some dynamic women that they bring to these conferences. But in addition to that, I didn't know who was also going to be in the room. Um, in Philadelphia, this space, you know, of going to conferences or going to, um, events is beautiful, but then you can get into spaces and you discover that you're with the mean girl, the mean woman and this and that. And it's a lot of interesting dynamics. And so when I'm in a new space, I'm very apprehensive. I may be even quiet at times just to try to fill everything out, fill everybody out. But I was extremely comfortable. I would say within minutes of arriving to Selfish Philly, especially just with the check-in, Um, that was good. And I, I enjoyed that. And, um, I just enjoyed the conference and I learned so much. I took a lot home as far as like, you know, renewing my mindset about what it is I need to do for myself. And some of the aspects of putting myself first was definitely on display. And so there is another Selfish Philly conference that is coming up in September. You do not want to miss it. I promise you it's going to be that amazing on September, I'll have to get you the date. But on this next Friday of February, February 25th, Selfish Philly will be hosting a 90s-inspired Galentine's Day party at Alchemy X, which is 1931 West Pass Yonk Avenue, and it's from 3 to 7. Uh the event will begin with a vendor market featuring some of Selfish Philly's favorite vendors that will be open to the public. Then ticket holders will be able to enjoy an evening of self-care. So what can you expect? There's going to be shadow work session, Reiki healing session, breath work, light bites, and cold pressed juice. Let me just say these cold pressed juice from Alchemy X is amazing. I had went to an event a few weeks ago, um, and it, I had some pressed juice. Now I'm not a fan of pressed juices for everybody. Um, everybody don't do press juice as well, but Alchemy X, I can put my stamp of approval on there. I drank that, took some home, thought I would just take it home and maybe drink it for the next day. Nope. Drank all of it before I even hit the house. Their juices are good. So it's going to be a good time just to come celebrate womanhood and, you know, get some work done. You know, when I say work, I don't mean cosmetic. I mean, inwardly get our spirit together. So that's going to be happening next Saturday, the 25th. The Selfish uh, Philly conference that is happening in September is going to be on September 17th at the W Hotel. This is one of those hotels that I've been having on my, you know, must go list. And so I'm looking forward to going to this establishment and having a really good time. Um, I expect there to be some amazing um, partners and some amazing vendors, but also the amazing speakers. I absolutely cannot wait. So we do have Danielle. Danielle Danielle's here as our guest of This week, we're going to talk about shadow work. This would be a great opportunity if you've never heard about what it is. I'm going to talk about the things that I've heard about it. Um, the things that were apprehensive, things that you'd be like, yes, girl, I heard the same thing. Uh, especially being a preacher's kid, you hear all kinds of things about what you cannot do, what you should not do. Um, doing certain things will cause. So lean into this, um, conversation as we discuss what is shadow work, how does shadow work help us? What are some of the things that we can do or look forward to when we're doing shadow work? All of the, the questions that you could possibly think about when it comes to shadow work. We hope that we've done the, you know, j- do justice to help in the show notes. Also, we will also include different resources for you, whether you want to uh, talk to Danielle more about it, um, getting her new book that she has. Um, she has a new book called shadow work, um, that will get help and guide you through the process. If you don't want to do it one-on-one with her and as well as the event for next Saturday, um, next Saturday for the Galentine's, the 90s inspired Galentine's Day event, as well as the Selfish Conference in general, which will be on September the 17th. We will have all the show notes, having all the things, including where to reach Danielle if you want to talk with her more about her work and what you can expect, or maybe you're listening and you're like, you know what, I want to come to Philly and be a part of this event. Trust me, she is taking vendors and you want to make sure you're in the building, so Without any further ado, uh, ado, thank you, Danielle, for joining us for this week's Conversations with Toy. All right. Happy Friday to the Conversations with Toy family. We have another guest. I've been hitting it strong in January. We haven't stopped in February. We're just knocking this out the park. But we have a guest that I know well. Danielle is, Danielle is here. No, I said, Danielle. What's wrong with me? Danielle is here, <laughs> Y'all know how I do. Um, and we're going to talk about some shadow work. If you've ever thought about it, heard about it, and you have all these misconceptions, and let me just say, I know that they exist because even when I first heard about it, this was before therapy and all that, all the things, I honestly was just like, oh, no, we can't do that. You know, grew up in the church and it'd be like, no, you're going into the dark world. You're about to tap into something, you know, it's demonic. It's all kind of things, right? If you've heard that growing up, like I have, then you know for a fact how real it could be when you hear about shadow work. However, Danielle's gonna come and talk to us about what is shadow work, how, you know, one, why you should do it, because there's a lot of things that happen with shadow work that literally will help you. Um, if you're trying to deal with some things from your childhood, some things that you've just been dealing with for years and you feel like you just ain't got no relief, it's probably because you need to be dipping into some shadow work, honestly. So Danielle, please explain to our community what is shadow work? Cause it's not this evil, dark thing. Tell us. What. No,
1: it's not. It's so funny that you said that too. And you said, Danielle, it was like, you were channeling my husband's grandmother who passed away because she used to call me that. And she was terrified of the idea of shadow work because she grew up in very Catholic. Her whole family was from Italy and my mother-in-law, like the whole family had a really hard time when I started doing this work, which is funny because it really is a psychological process. Shadow Work started with Carl Jung and Sigmund Freud, who everybody knows and everybody references all the time, no matter what your cultural background is, because the two of them really are in a lot of ways, the fathers of modern psychiatry. And they were the ones who started a lot of the practices that we use today to just go deeper and explore who we are and more about our purpose. Like, why are we even here? At the time that they were coming up with this stuff, though, and having the ideas that they had, it really was like a guessing game where you had a hypothesis and there was no way to test it. And so if you just said it loud enough and you were the loudest voice, people listened, which is a lot of what (laughs) Freud, I feel like, did. And even Carl Jung, their ideas were good and some others were not. Some of them were a little sketch. But shadow work was one of Carl Jung's ideologies. He coined the term the shadow. And what he meant by that is the unconscious mind. So since then, we've been able to do a ton of research and all of the research shows that we actually have three levels to our consciousness. There's the conscious mind, the part of our brain that understands everything that's happening, everything that we know and we can recall really easily, like knowing that you're listening to this podcast, knowing what you ate for breakfast, what you're going to do later today. Then there's the subconscious and the subconscious is the stuff we talk about in therapy. And this is the stuff that's just below the surface of your awareness. This is like knowing that you shouldn't really be scrolling on your phone, but still every single day you wake up, you grab that phone and you are scrolling away and your brain isn't really active. You're doing it automatically. So the subconscious is those automatic behaviors and thoughts that just pop up on you. Below those, even further down is the unconscious mind. And this is all the stuff that your brain has pushed out of the way to hide from you. There's a reason why it does this. It's not (laughs) random. Our brain has to decide what information to keep and like readily available stores and what stuff you shouldn't hold on to, whether it's because it's irrelevant or it actually could cause problems for you. And that's the stuff we want to tackle. Shadow work is the process of remembering the stuff that you've hidden away because it could potentially be tripping you up or triggering you or making you feel like your life is worse. And we're actively going to bring that stuff up to the surface and heal it in the moment by actually re-experiencing it and altering how it exists in our bodies, which changes the memory for good.
0: Now that sounds amazing, right? I mean, it is work. It's work. It is good work it's good work. And I feel like when I started to do what I needed to do with that, I, you know, there was times when I would be done and I would be tired or I would be exhausted or I would be so mentally drained. I remember sitting in the car for like an hour, (laughs) a full hour after I'd done it and just like trying to like level myself and, you know, calm down from it. But I found that for me, it was something that was most necessary because I, Again, I feel like our brains are designed to sort of protect us. We're not bringing these things up because we don't want to relive it. Yeah. It it doesn't matter what the it is, you just don't want to relive it. You don't want to go there. You know, you need to go there. Like we all subconsciously know that there are things that we've dealt with in our past that we just know we should uncover and work through. But then we're just like, it don't matter. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine.
1: And when our life expectancy was only like 40 years old, it really didn't matter because we weren't getting to the point where that unconscious mind was bubbling up over the top. Like we might've experienced some anxiety. Maybe we had a touch of depression, but it wasn't to the point where we were making ourselves sick because we actually would pass away before we actively had time to do that. But now in today's day and age, when people are living well into their 70s, 80s, 90s, and even centennials living into their 100s, mm-hmm. we have to deal with things more actively because that unconscious mind has a capacity mm-hmm and it can only take so much. And then what happens is a lot of the stressors that exist in that unconscious, they start bleeding into the conscious mind and they start tripping you up. And this is where we see ourselves getting really triggered. This is where we start seeing illnesses. Like a lot of people nowadays are getting cancer before 50 years old, sometimes even before 40 or 30, like myself included, which is unheard of. The rates of cancer in people under the 40 have skyrocketed in the past 10 years. And then our diets and all these other things, it's not even like we're eating unhealthy per se, but there's so many chemicals in our food. And then the work life balance is atrocious and we're glued (laughs) to our screens. So it's just a recipe for disaster. So yeah, I think years ago, we didn't need it in the way that we do now, but now more than ever, we have to start looking internally and going, how do I help myself here?
0: So what do you say to a person who here hear, is hearing what you're saying. They're tapped. They're tapped in. They're like, you know what? This sounds really good. It makes all the sense. But let's just say, for instance, just for an example, because my parents don't care. Let's say for, uh, let's say example of using my parents. Someone in their age group would think that this is some newfangled thing, right? Yes. This is some newfangled thing, and you, you know, people are just always making up things nowadays. And every time you turn around, there's a thing. There's a thing. How would you explain to them like the need for it? Because sometimes visually if they're saying to themselves when you hear the word trigger we know what anxiety is when they hear the word trigger they may think well i don't i don't have a trigger because they don't realize what that looks like when it's happening
1: yeah truthfully this is my parents in a lot of ways shadow work is something that was created in terms of like having the actual structure and some of the science behind it in the 1800s but there are shamanic practices that date back to native cultures that go back hundreds of years where this has been around for a very long time. Now, what we're doing recently is actually taking some of these practices and giving it a name, because I think people like to put stuff in a box. They like to be able to say, I have a word for this. I like to call it something mm-hmm. and trigger and trauma. They're really overused. People talk about traumas when they're talking about things that are really not traumatic at all. They're talking about triggers when it's things that irk them, not something that is actually a physical trigger. So a trigger is something that actually causes your body to switch into fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. So your autonomic nervous system is activated and it happens without you being able to think about it. You are heart racing. You got your head getting kind of cloudy. Your thoughts are blocked. Your breathing is getting short. Your shoulders are kind of going up to your ears because you're getting stressed out. That's when you're triggered. And when we have a trigger like that, it means that there is an underlying trauma. So for all those people who are like, yeah, I hear you, but like, I can't try another new thing. This actually predates most of the things you've likely tried. This is older than all of that stuff. And I see this in every realm of medicine, even in like Western medicine, right? The Western medicine as we know it today didn't come about until Rockefeller. When he took over the medical board and put a whole lot of funding into changing things around, It was Eastern medicine that was king at that point. And people were healing themselves with herbs. They were trusting that nature was medicine and there were things that they could do, like go outside and be in sunlight and actually make tea that would calm their bodies down and do all these things. It's kind of like the opposite where we've forgotten the old in lieu of the new, but the new isn't really working. So now we're going back to what is working. So really is it coming home.
0: Yeah, I feel like we are like, again, even I've used, you know, now herbs and teas and things for different parts of the body that may be aching. You could do it for inflammation, you know, there's, there's a gamut, you know, and going back to that, I would have never thought like, oh, herb and a tea could do it because when you feel these things, we're just taking an acid instead of using something that's more natural and pumping our bodies again with these chemicals, I've been doing my best to not go directly to that.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, toy, I have a story about this. You're going to love this. So for the past like 10 years, I have had horrific allergies. I'm telling you, like, if I don't take a Claritin, I sneeze. I'm like one of those people who sneezes like 20 times in a row. And everybody's like, shut, shut up. Like it's really annoying. Yeah, right. It's horrible. So I've seen every specialist, every doctor MRIs, everybody's trying to figure me out. My allergist like a year ago was like, just take two Claritin a day. Started doing that. Started having acid reflux. Then I had to get on acid reflux medicine and I'm spiraling down that path. Right. Right. So like eight months ago, I was like, no, I'm going to actually meet with someone who's a functional medicine doctor. And she ran every blood test under the sun. I'm telling you, I felt like I was drained. Like I had no blood, no more blood. Right. (laughs) I had nothing left. She found all these imbalances in my system. And she was like, you don't need medicine. You need supplements. Your diet is not giving you some things that you really need. And genetically, you're kind of predisposed to be low on a bunch of them. So I started taking eight supplements, simple things, magnesium, fish oil, D3, like things that are not harmful, stuff that you'd find in regular foods. And can I tell you, I don't have allergies
0: anymore. I believe it. Oh, I 100% believe it because I've switched up my supplements and um, it's been working wonders. Things that I would struggle with, you know, energy levels and things like that, that. I don't have those issues. And I know for a fact, that's why.
1: It's insane. And it's the same thing with our mental health too, that I, for 10 years, I worked as a private practice psychotherapist. I'm still licensed. It's been five years. I don't practice anymore. I still go to all the licensing things, the conferences, everything. I always want to learn more, but I don't want to practice anymore because all those years people would come in They talk about the same issues. And I never felt like I was helping them to the point where I could get to the root cause. It never felt like we were solving the problem. We were putting a nice little bandaid over it. I was sending them out the door. And two years later, they come back with the same problem. And that wasn't good enough for me. It never felt like it was. And then I started being trained in shadow work by a woman in the UK who's a shadow work practitioner. And she taught me how to actually get to the root. And how we could use Carl Jung's practice and a combination of spirituality and really start to see things for what they are and change them internally within the body. And I can't tell you how many people in the past five years who used to be therapy clients who were seeing me for seven years, eight years, nine years would come and do three shadow work sessions and be like, actually Danielle F you for having me in therapy for so long. Cause my problem doesn't exist anymore in like two to three shadow work sessions. It's gone. I'm like, man, I know. I'm really sorry, but I only knew what I knew. Right, and when you, now, do more, you do more. And I don't see them anymore. They came to me 5 years ago or 5 years ago for their problems, and now we just check in and it's like still doing good, still things are awesome because we finally got to it. If we can get to the root cause of anything, then there isn't really the need for all kinds of crazy maintenance or medications, and that's the way that we're supposed to be living,
0: especially right. if we're going to be living so long. I agree. Talk to me or talk to the community. Cause I know about, it. I have the book talk to uh, the community about your book shadow work.
1: Yeah. So about a year and a half ago, Oh my! I know it's two years ago now. Jeez. That's insane. A publishing company reached out to me and said, Hey, we know you're the person for shadow work. So we want you to write a book on it. And I said, no, thank you. Like, <laughs> I, I don't feel I'm, I like to think that I'm humble and I'm like, you know, there's gotta be somebody better than me. Like, good luck finding them. And they were like, no, you're it. You need to write it. So I was like, okay, let's figure out how to do this and what needs to be said. It felt like an enormous pressure because shadow work is a very scientific practice. There's so much neuroscience packed into it. There's so much physiology packed into it. I wanted to do it justice and to make sure that everybody who read it could understand it. Because I've read books from people like Joe Dispenzo, who I love, who they're medical doctors. And when I read the book, even with my cognitive neuroscience background, I'll finish a page and be like, What did I just read? And I got to go back up to the top and start again. I wanted to make sure anybody, my dad, who barely graduated high school, who owns a plumbing company now, to like Joe Schmo in California, who's never read a book in his life, I want anybody to be able to understand it and make it really simple. So the book breaks down the practice of shadow work in really easy terms. We talk about the science. We talk about the impact that trauma has on the mind and the body and your energy. We talk about how memories are stored and how we can change them through this process. And throughout the entire book, I add in all of these different exercises that you can do so you can start baby stepping your way into this practice because it can be easy. Shadow work, like you said, when we first started, it sounds ominous. It sounds scary. Mm -hmm. It sounds like like all those characters that go bump in the night. And it really isn't that at all. So I wanted to make sure that I was doing it justice and sharing it in a way that it would be really well-received. And hopefully everybody who reads it feels like I did that because I did the best that I absolutely could to make sure that everyone can grasp this practice and start to utilize it for themselves because it is transformational when you actually get in there and start the work.
0: Right. And then you have Selfish Philly, which I mean. is an amazing conference. I've attended, I think two years in a row now. Yeah. Um, I've got nothing but uh great Uh, work from that some things that I needed to work on things I needed to like refresh on so it's great and it sounds just like what it says the selfish Philly conference talk more about what that is and you know how people can be a part of that and all the things absolutely back in 2018
1: I was diagnosed with cancer and that's what really started me deeply on my shadow work journey but also my health journey across the board because shadow work is a piece of the puzzle but it's not the entire thing it really is about bringing in all these different aspects of health So when I was going through that, my doctors, when I asked them for referrals or things I could do, places I could look to, they literally told me, we don't know, but we have a bunch of pamphlets in the hallway. You can check out that was verbatim. The answer they gave me, and this is at (laughs) Pennsylvania hospital, which is the oldest hospital in the country and also one of the most renowned. So I was like, if they're telling me that here, I can't imagine what people everywhere else are getting. Cause that was just, Oh man, that pissed me off. That was really abysmal. So I said, F it if that's the response, I'm going to do it myself. So I decided to make a conference where I brought in all of the resources. I wanted the nutritionists, the fitness people. I wanted the mental health practitioners, the healers, the shadow workers, the people doing shamanic practices, the ones who are using movement to get trapped emotions out of the body, the healers, the spas. I wanted them all. I wanted to plop them in one place and bring in everybody from Philly. All the women who, I mean, women across the board are the ones who are usually pushed to the side, especially women of color. It gets progressively worse Mm -hmm. as we get older too, because then it's about everybody else. It's about the kids. You got to take care of your parents and your grandparents and all these other pieces. It's never about you. So I wanted to give them the space to be able to actually say, no. It is about me. I'm being selfish and I'm doing it intentionally. So I brought all of these different resources in and speakers so they could spend a day listening to the people who can give them information that could be life-changing. The little bits that were going to alter them or tweak them in some way that they knew what to do if they ever got into a bad situation. I wanted them to know every one of the local businesses that they could go to and turn to for support and advice. And I wanted them to know each other because women in community have so much power when we band together and we know who to talk to we're unstoppable and that's what selfish philly is all about so we're actually going into our fourth year and this year the w hotel has agreed to partner with us. I still don't know how I pulled that off. I'm going to be honest.
0: I listen, I'm true. I, I have not stayed there. It's on my list. And I'm like, oh, man. Oh, you okay. This Every is time
1: a- I walk in there, it's like I'm manifesting a future version of me where I walk around and I'm like, I belong here. And inside, <laughs> I'm like, I don't, but we're here. that's what the conference is like having a partner like that i think is giving us so much more um access and reach because they're incredibly generous partners they really believe in the vision they want to serve the philadelphia community and they want to make all these things including luxury accessible so we're doing it really big this year the conference is going to double in size everything is going to be twice as much if not more as it has been in the past and I'm really excited this year because we have the W as a partner, we can open this conference up even more to the Philadelphia community and beyond where people who are traveling in will now have somewhere to stay. The, the W gave us incredibly cheap room rates for the W and for their partner, which is the building that's attached the Element Hotel, directly okay. attached. You don't have to step outside. You just walk down a hallway and you're in the W. And you get to come be a part of the conference and have a really healing weekend and turn it into something big. So I know a lot of people are doing this with their, with their moms, with their grandmas and sisters. People are turning it into a big to-do, which I love. That was a vision that I always had. And I can't wait to see what happens when it comes back this year in September.
0: What are the dates? What's the date?
1: It's going to be on September 17th this year. So it's going to be warm enough that we can actually utilize that pool on the rooftop of the W, which I'm also really excited about. So everybody who stays gets access to the pool the following day. You'll see me there. I'll have a cabana. I will be lounging. You can come sit with me and hang out. And we're going to really stretch this out and have an incredible weekend.
0: I love that. I'm going to have to get my reservations in because I'm definitely <laughs> sure. And I live I, here. I'm, I'm like, I'm still going there.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I think everybody needs this, right? I think everybody needs time to just relax and let go. And I think America, especially as a culture, we don't talk about that enough. It's always like hustle, hustle, hustle. Like even my parents, they both have um, really strong worth ethics. They're both from families of immigrants. They both work to the point where they actually make themselves sick. And so they see me doing this and they're like, it's because you're pounding it out. You're working your ass off. And I'm like, it is absolutely not that it's because I'm slowing down. It's because I take a year to plan this. I make it very intentional and I spend a little bit of time every single day working on it so that I can make sure that it's perfect and I don't have to kill myself over it because I have to practice what I preach here. I have to walk the talk.
0: I love that. I love that. So now that, you know, we know that the conference is coming in September, you are doing the shadow work. Are you bringing the book and all the things together at the conference? I mean, I know the answer, but I want the community to hear this.
1: Yeah, it'll all be there. Everything's going to be there. Um, Speaker applications are actually going to open up around the end of February, beginning of March. So I'm going to get to choose who is going to be speaking at the conference, which is always, it's a huge responsibility because I want to make sure that we have people who are going to span a really wide range of topics and make everyone who's attending leave feeling like they got so much out of it and like it changed their life. So I have no idea who's going to apply this year. I have no idea what the topics are going to be. I don't know where, which direction it's going to, to go, but I know it's going to be good. And I have faith in that. I trust it. And shadow work will absolutely be a part of it in some capacity because I know the impact that it's had on myself and my community.
0: What are some of the ways in which you, um, I know as you said, slowing down is a thing that you love to make sure you incorporate. What are some other ways in which you want to, that you take care of yourself too?
1: I think one of the really important things for me in making it accessible to take care of yourself is to remember that there's so many free things that we can do. Like literally things that cost nothing. It could be as simple as putting your phone down and just giving yourself like five minutes away from it. It sounds really simple, but it can be that small and it makes a huge difference, especially before we go to sleep. Because if you're looking at your phone in the 20 minute window before bed, your brain is activated. Your frontal cortex is lit up, which means that you're not falling into restful sleep. So if anybody listening to this makes one change today, it's 20 minutes before you go to sleep. Do not Look at your phone, even just to check the time, because if that backlight is on, your brain is activated by the light. Then other things like going for walks as much as you can, like get outside. I used to live in Philly. So it wasn't the same going out for a walk in my neighborhood because my neighbors would always, they're, they're crazy and they'd bother me. And they always had (laughs) something to say. (laughs) I miss that in some ways about Philly, but Doing it out here in Jersey. I live in the forest now, so it makes it a little bit easier. I'm also very much an introvert, so I love that. But fresh air is huge. Sunlight is huge. Get natural vitamin D as much as you can. I do like drinking tea more than coffee because coffee is really dehydrating. It makes you feel tired. It races your heart, but it doesn't necessarily make you feel more awake. So people think they're getting energy from it when in reality, they're not. If you could switch to something like natural shilajit, that actually gives you way more energy or like a B12 vitamin will give you more energy. Um, There's so many little things that you can do to just cool yourself down. One of my other favorites, and I know people are only listening and not watching this, so I'll try to explain it as best as I can, (laughs) but our bodies, our skin is full of thousands of nerve endings. And so when we're really activated and we're really like excitable What we'll do is we'll actually dissociate a little bit. So it feels like we're out of body and like we're not present. So one of my favorite techniques from my old therapy days to do, to get back in your body and to give yourself some really good self-care is to gently take your fingers and just as lightly as you can trace them along your arms. Because what you're doing is you're waking up those nerve endings in your skin and you're also putting yourself back into your body. And so if your mind was racing and you were somewhere else, light years away, grocery lists, what do I got to do next month? I got this birthday party. I got to buy a present for. If you start to do that, your brain is not there. Your brain is in your arm, which means your brain is in your body. And so it just forces you to start to slow down. And because it feels really good when you do that, your brain starts releasing some really good feel good chemicals and things like serotonin, norepinephrine, Things that are going to make you start to slow your breath and really calm down. So if you can't do anything, like you're stuck at the office listening to this, that little tweak is enough.
0: I love that. So what is one thing you would want to leave with the the community that's listening, you know, outside of making sure you come to the conference (laughs) on September 17th, outside of that, what else would you like to leave with them? I think more than anything else,
1: if you guys remember this one thing, it's to slow down. Because uh, cancer taught me this and I wish I didn't learn it the hard way, but I did. But life is really short and it's not promised. And you can get hit by a bus tomorrow or like me, get diagnosed with cancer out of nowhere. No warning signs, and no symptoms. So please find a way to enjoy it. Find the little things to have fun with every day. Take a minute, just stop and look at the sky and be amazed by this world that we're in because it's short, but it's yours.
0: I love that. For anyone that is listening, you heard a lot of different concepts that were talked about. We heard talked about shadow work. I'm going to leave a lot of resources in the show notes for you just to be able to click. I know we are a clickable generation. We don't want to look, we don't want to research. I'm going to put it up so that you can click on it you can find more information. You can also get Danielle's book. You can sign up for the conference. I mean, there's just all, whatever we got, we're going to make I got a lot of stuff. (laughs) bring it over because we're going to make sure we get it for you all that are listening. Um, And we want you to, again, it's about taking care of yourself and becoming, you know, your best self. And sometimes you got to do the work and that work again, in the beginning is a little hard. Like in the beginning, at least for me, it was, it was just a little hard until I got used to, you know, being open enough to tap in and allow myself that moment to release, but you do need it. All right. Well, Danielle, thank you so much for being a part of our podcast and our blogcast, as I call it. I love that. (laughs) Coming and sharing your story and just inspiring other people to do the work. And again, we can't thank you enough for being a part. Thank you, Toy. All right. So what did you think? Listen, I hope that you found some value in the today's conversation. Again, we, or I should say, I, when I put these episodes together, I really have in mind something that is going to uplift and help you. You may experience something completely new. Maybe today was the first time you've heard about shadow work. And now that you've heard it, you may want to learn more. Maybe today was helpful in helping you like navigate the therapy session, because again, your experience with therapy is that you felt like therapy should be this uplifting, fun event. And then when you got into it or you're getting into it, you discover that the work is hard or you're having to, you know, dig deep in finding who you are and getting that all together. Listen, this is all real. All these experiences that you're feeling and the things that you have going on are very much real. And so if this is how you're feeling, you're experiencing this, trust me, I understand how debilitating that may feel or debilitating that, that may be, but I trust that the process will get better, that you will start to, as you take off all these different layers and really just become into yourself, that it will get that much easier as you go through the process. And also remember therapy is a tool. So it doesn't mean that you have to go, when you start therapy, you don't go from therapy day one, all the way into the rest of your life. There will be times when you take breaks, you've gotten over what you need to get over. And so you put that tool down. And then when you need to pick that tool back up, you do. And I will say to do this, if you have to do like I did and start over with a new therapist, it's okay. I was very apprehensive because I didn't want to have to retell my story, and rehash my story over and over again. But listen, a part of my story is not going to change. And so with all the therapy that I have gotten and the therapy that I continue to do, I will have times where I put that tool down and then I pick that tool back up. So don't get frustrated or if you do get frustrated, don't let it stop you from getting that tool and using it for the your best of your ability. You know, at the end of the day, you want to be healed. You want to be as healed as you possibly can. I don't want to be on this earth being miserable. I don't want to be on this earth feeling tortured. I don't want to be on this earth and never experiencing peace on this earth. Now, that doesn't mean that with peace that everything goes into place. Your life is just the most perfect as it possibly can because I would be lying if I said that. The goal and the purpose is always to remember that at the end of the day, we are all here to do our best work and to make sure that we show up for ourselves in the best way that we possibly can. So do your work, get your tools, use shadow work, use therapy, use acupuncture and all the different things, because there's a million and one ways that you can heal. And sometimes you may have to combine a few things, whatever it is that you need, go ahead and grab your tool. Use your tool wisely. Don't let anybody discourage you from using your tool just because the tool that you use doesn't look like the tool that they need. You got to get what you need and do what's best for you. And at the end of the day, the only thing I can say is that you got to show up as your best self. And sometimes that requires stepping out from what you feel is comfortable, being uncomfortable to go through the fight, knowing that at the end, you are already going to win. You already are a winner. It's just that you've got to take the proper steps to get to the victory line. So I wish you nothing but success. This weekend is a lot of media events. Oh my gosh, it's February and I've never seen this many events in February, my entire little soul. Um, I don't know if it's a combination of like black history or different things, but whatever it is, it's a lot, it's a lot going down. So with that being said, just have the most amazing weekend that you possibly can start your week off fresh. Do something that is going to build you up and fill your cup. I don't care if it's something as small as reading a magazine that you've had on your you know, on your mantle that you've been needing to read for quite some time. I don't care if it's going to the park and getting some fresh air or taking a walk. It doesn't matter if you just need to take a long bath with some relaxing candles. It doesn't have to be super expensive. It could be free 99, but whatever you need to fill up your cup, go ahead and do that before Monday comes. Don't let that Monday hit and you've done nothing to help yourself. You've done nothing to feel good about yourself. Go ahead and take that step. So I wish you nothing but the best, all the love, and thank you for listening to Conversations with Toy. We will be back, I believe, next week. Let me look at my schedule. Yes, we will be back next week. And then in the first week of March, we're going to take a break, I believe, and then come back on the 10th. So we are coming back next week, and then we will take one week break, get a little refresher, and then come back nice and strong. Okay? Love you. Send you all the peace.